you have to run your numbers basing it as a long-term rental. You never know what the future will bring. COVID at the beginning, recession, or your town like Dallas right now, the city council is voting to restrict short-term rental. You're in an apartment building with an HOA that for five years, they've said, oh yeah, short-term rental, cool, 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 cool. And then that board changes, boom, you're out. Yeah, you can take them to court, you can do all this, but that's gonna take time and money. And what are you gonna do in the meantime, even if you win? So what I tell people is you gotta have a plan that you can still have positive cash flow if you have to go long-term. Everybody wanna get the bag, but y'all really know what it's gonna take. Trying to figure out how to start now. Blue gels, about to show you the way. Cause we're top finest and them up ties in it. Anything it takes to get real estate. We've been grinding up there, finding ways to get paid. Better hop on this wave, cause we're dropping blue gems. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. Let's go. Let's go. Another episode of Blue Gems Podcast with Mr. Robert Montana. What are you up to, man? How did you link up with us? What is good with Jaunt Direct? Well, thank you for having me. This is, I think, only my second or third podcast, so I'm still learning the ropes, but thank you. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Um, I think we met up through Facebook. You know, I've been trying to uh, expand our our network and our, our radius with STR hosts, co-hosts, property management companies, mainly through the US, some international, about our free marketplace called Jaunt Direct. And basically what we're trying to do in a nutshell is be the kayak of short-term and vacation rentals. You know, kayak, when it first came out before it got bought by Expedia, was a little different than today. It was purely for airline flights and they did no bookings. They were just showing you comparisons and then you would hyperlink to the actual airline to make the booking. And that's what we're trying to do here with John Direct. To go a step further, we're not only showing your property and whatever platform a host may have, but try to show and showcase and aggregate all the platforms that a host may have, whether that be third party, Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, et cetera, or direct websites such as people's own or through their PMS companies. Because we feel that there needs to be more education on the guest side about what Booking Direct is. And I think showing a comparisons apples to apples on prices and seeing that there's a, basically a, a gain of 20% and that could be either fully for the guest or maybe you split it half with the host is sort of a win-win for everybody. We think of it as almost wholesaling. So direct booking is sort of the wholesale and third-party platforms like Airbnb, Airbnb or retail. I think that might be an easy way for people new to the concept to sort of grasp to grasp it. You know, everybody understands that you have a wholesale price and then there's a markup to make retail. And that's basically what's happening when you book on Airbnb or VRBO or any of the big boys. They're taking anywhere from 15 to 20% or more. So we want to sort of be able to show guests what platforms they're out there and that you can actually get the same property with the same host, same dates 
for maybe 20% cheaper. And if you're, you're staying more than a few days, that can add up quickly. That can even maybe pay one or two extra nights or pay for your flight. So we think it's a, a great tool that we're having. I'd also say that another thing that's sort of cool about it from the host perspective is obviously as a host, you're trying to steer your guests to whatever platform prefer the best, whether that be your platform with the best margins, which usually is the direct, or let's say you don't even have a direct website yet, but let's say you're Airbnb and VRBO only. And for whatever reason, as a host, you like Airbnb better, whether it be because of the, the pricing situation with that service fee, or you just like customer service, or you just like how the app works. And so maybe you try to steer people to go to Airbnb versus VRBO by just dropping that rate a little on the Airbnb. But what's really cool, I think, is there are some websites out there that'll showcase direct websites, but we're trying to bring both direct and third party. So even though hosts might be trying to push, push, push that direct website, they're not leaving out in the cold anybody that's a guest that may be brand loyal to a third party platform like Airbnb. Because as you know, there's some people that they don't care that it's cheaper to go direct. They're going to go to Airbnb because they're brand loyal, or maybe frankly, they're lazy and their credit card's already on Airbnb's website. So it's sort of the best of both worlds. You're trying as a host to get people to go to the direct site, but if they're not into it, they're not going to necessarily flip to the next um, property because they see, oh yeah, you're on Airbnb. I'm, you know, I'm Airbnb loyal. So you said it's a free website. What would be some of the, you know, downside of wanting to get on this? Cause this seems amazing, right? Why wouldn't everyone sign up for a free website to have more exposure to their, to their properties? I think we need to first talk about our income, you know, model or business model. Everybody's a little leery of anything that's free. Right? Exactly. Like, right. For sure. <laughs> if, if they're not paying for it, then you're selling my data kind of thing. Yep. And, and and that's not the plan. Basically, our model briefly is at this stage is sort of three sources of income stream. Number one is we, we probably will add some premium services. So if as a host or property management company, if you want any of those services, then yes, there might be a fee. But the basic putting your pictures up on your photos and your description on our site will always, always be free. And those premium services uh, might be like a video clip or maybe preferred placement, you know, premium placement. That's number one. Number two would be ad revenue, you know, putting ads up uh, related to hosts or guests, whether it be products like digital locks, video cameras, or for guests, you know, rental car, et cetera. And then number three is some of these big platforms uh, have affiliate programs that I don't think maybe everybody's aware of. For instance, VRBO, if you become an affiliate with them for every booking, they give you a percentage of that booking. That's no sweat off the host or the guest. That's coming from VRBO itself. Now, Airbnb doesn't have that. I think they might have tried it a little while ago and, and they don't, but I'm, we're hoping obviously that they bring that back. But we think those three uh, revenue models will be able to push us forward and grow. And in terms of the downside, there really isn't because the, the two barriers of entry, I think, for any kind of product like this is number one, it doesn't cost anything and it's free. And then number two, a huge barrier of entry is the hassle and time commitment, right? As we all know, when you go to a new platform like VRBO, Airbnb, putting together your property profile is isn't pull out your hair. And, <laughs> and some, some companies even have it delayed over a few days so you don't get frustrated and leave. What we've done is we've used technology and it's, it's nothing revolutionary. A few other sites do this where we actually copy or what they call scrape your Airbnb or VRBO profile. So all you have to do is 
copy your web WHTTP for your specific Airbnb property or VRBO and then paste it into our little field. And within less than 60 seconds, we'll have your photos, we'll have your title, we'll have your description, we'll have your amenities. And basically like 98% of your profile uh, for your property is complete. So it's pretty quick. And we're, we even, for anyone listening that has multiple properties, say 20 plus, we'll even help you do some of that as well. Now there is a little work involved because you need to, once you get your property profile up, you then have to add each platform that you're on and you need to add the uh, iCal calendar links. But we're even trying to see if we can try to uh, automate some of that. And for larger property management companies out there, whether they're regional, national, if they're interested, we can even do, not to get real technical, but do an API where we sort of connect on the back end and then you can push your availability and your prices into our our system. So it's it's pretty much a win-win. And, and for property management companies and co-hosts, it's a huge win, right? Because their business model, for the most part, I'd say probably 90% or higher, they're making money off a percentage of bookings, right? So more bookings is is more income for them. So for us to offer a free marketing platform seems like a no-brainer. You know, I think also what's going to happen as we grow is there are a lot of hosts out there that either don't really understand what direct booking is or they're a little hesitant to do it. And if they come onto our site and see all these other hosts in their area having a direct site for direct booking, that might push them over the edge to finally make that first step. And this goes into part of the reason we created this in the first place is there's more than one step for direct booking, right? The first step is to have that mental connection to understand that, yes, the direct booking is a way to make more money and have a little more flexibility and have real ownership. But what do you do once you've paid you know, uh, some college kid down the street to make your website or you go to a professional company? What happens to that website, right? Because as you know, unless you are a whiz at uh, SEO and other fancy tech terms, where are you going to fall on a Google search if you go looking for Telluride, Colorado, uh, short-term rental? I bet you right now, if you type that in, in the first 10 pages of Google, there will not be a mom and pop direct booking site. There might be a large property management site that's paying. So what we're trying to do is, is get the word out for direct sites. And there's some great companies out there like Halfi, right? They're like sort of the easy way to get in and get your feet wet with direct booking. They can create a site very quickly for you and they you can add widgets for payments and it's pretty simple but they don't do any marketing themselves so that that's part of the reason we got into this how do you spell that that company rob uh howfy it's h-o-u-f-y dot com awesome they have about fifty thousand plus sites around or listings around the world and they've been growing for a while the owner is i believe european but was living in brackenridge colorado so we just wanted to sort of a, push direct bookings and get the word out to guests, encourage hosts to create the sites, but also give them a tool to showcase it. But at the same time, not just focusing straight on direct. So you're losing out on the, you know, the main thrust, which is, you know, the big third parties. I think basically what happens to a lot of people who take the initiative and spend the money and time to create a direct booking website is until they really understand the process of how to market, whether it be Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, etc., the direct site really becomes 
only a booking site for returning guests, right? You don't you don't sure. necessarily get a lot of organic new guests. I mean, it can happen, but it, it's pretty rare. There's a phenomenon. I don't know if, if you guys know about this, but as, as most people know, when you are communicating with a guest before they're booking, the software blocks phone numbers and website addresses, right? Because obviously the, the big boys don't want you going around them and, and booking outside them. So what a lot of people do, it seems, is they come up with some sort of unique name of their property, right? Like I have a place in Telluride, and you could call it like Rob's Telluride uh, Condo or uh, something like that. And then they just plaster that all over their Airbnb profile, right? They put it maybe under the photo, they put it in the title and they put it in the description. They put it in any messages for you. And the idea is that you're hoping if someone as a guest is savvy enough that they're going to then open up another window on their browser and Google that. And then you have those search engine optimization keywords on your website. But the percentage of people that will actually do that, that you have a host that offers that indirect sort of hint and a guest knows to act on it is probably pretty low, right? Statistically speaking. Yeah. So what we're trying to do is sort of put this all together. And instead of like opening a, uh, a screen and a page and looking at Airbnb and trying to find the same property on VRBO, we're just trying to bring it together. It's basically what Kayak started out as. Now you can book on Kayak, but I think it's important for hosts and property management companies Companies and coasts to know that we're not making money from your actual reservation. We're not taking a fee and there's no booking on our platform. And there's also no communication on our platform. A guest cannot communicate with a host or vice versa on our platform. And we did that on purpose because as you know, once you start being on, mul once you're on multiple platforms or what they call channels, you have to juggle all these different inboxes and calendars. And that's why everybody then makes the step to property management software, right? We just don't want to be another channel that you have to juggle. We want this to be sort of you you set your thing up with us and you don't have to think about it. If a guest wants to talk to you, they hyperlink to one of the platforms. So they're already sort of they're sort of forced to go down the rabbit hole of one of your already established booking platforms. We take away the headache of setting up a platform from scratch. We don't have any booking or emails that you have to deal with. All we're doing is funneling people to your site, to your platforms. That all sounds amazing. I'm, I'm very curious, what inspired you to go down this path, right? So what does your portfolio look like today? And why did you want to build out this new platform? Thanks for asking that. I think that's a good question. I think any kind of cool product that people enjoy, it's usually the the creators or the founders created because of their own need or they saw something personal right. and then they wanted to share it. And that's what happened with me. I, I was an Airbnb guest long before I was an Airbnb host. I travel an insane amount either for work. I'm an emergency medicine doctor and I do sort of travel work, what they call locum tenens. And I personally prefer being in an Airbnb than a hotel. So I do a lot of domestic traveling for work. And then internationally, I, I you know, I've been to over 80 countries. Um, you know, I, I did global disaster relief medicine for over 10 years going around the world. And what happened is I was living out of a backpack. I didn't own a house, didn't own a car for 10 years. And I was getting a little burnout. I think it was right before Ebola in Liberia I went to. I went to Telluride to snowboard, fell in love with the place. And I was like, you know, I have some money saved up. I'm going to get a second home before a first home. And then the goal was, okay, I'll put it on Airbnb. You know, I like Airbnb as a platform. I've been using it. And my goal was, okay, if I can pay, you know, half of my mortgage, my insurance, and my taxes, if I can pay half of that through Airbnb, 
and still have enough time for me to use the place, I'd be happy. Well, I found out very quickly within the first year that I was paying all my costs, still enjoying taking blocking off time and enjoying the place myself. And I was uh, bringing in a profit. So that was my first introduction. And then once I started to settle down in uh, Dallas, Texas, where I'm originally from, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'm still traveling a lot, doing, doing things. Do I buy a home? Do I buy an apartment? I was a little leery of these apartment complexes because as you guys know, HOA rules can change any day. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to buy a quadplex, a fourplex, and I'm going to live in one of the units. That way it can be, you know, the mortgage rates and everything are better for primary home. So that's exactly what I did. I bought an older fourplex or one bedroom each, and then we sort of gutted the inside. I got married recently and we bought a house with a back house. And so we have that. So I guess you could say I have six properties, although Telluride I can divide up into two, so around seven. And I was just getting into the direct booking sort of part of it myself. And also I was realizing that some places are on multiple platforms with huge price discrepancies. And I would be looking for the same property on one site and trying to find it on another. And I was like, there must be a better way for this. I was like, you know, I do this for my airline. I do this for my car. I do this for a hotel. Why don't we have this for short-term and vacation rentals? You know, and it's, I don't think it's anything revolutionary. It's just applying something to a, a different market. And I don't even know technically if we're an OTA, because when I think OTA on online travel agency, I think of, actual bookings being done. Sure. So that's what we call ourselves marketplace. I mean, I guess you could say we're an OTA, but some of the connotations to that, I think we don't uh, match. And we're thinking about possibly, I'll, I'll give you a little something. Um, if, if this grows, and I think it will, because we haven't really even formally marketed this yet. And we have almost uh, 1,700 properties, wow. mainly in the United States, but other places. But now that we've dialed in some things and we're going to add some more features, we're going to formally market mainly to property management companies to get our our inventory up. And then I think once once our inventory hits, you know, three, five thousand, I think more people will be excited to join us as a host. And then I think we'll start marketing to guests. A lot of people say they come to my site or our site and they say, well, I looked up my town and we have, there's no listings in, in my town. I'm like, well, that's good. Be the first, you know, Airbnb started as a mattress, an air mattress in a living room. We all have to start somewhere. So if people really sort of buy into this, it can really grow and become a huge marketing tool, I think. And everyone would benefit. Guests would save, hosts would make better margins. Also, I think this is a real good opportunity to educate the general public, the, the potential guests about book direct or direct booking, however you want to say it. We are thrilled to announce Blue Gems Management. After building out 24 short-term rental properties of our own, we're now helping other investors buy their time back. With over 300 five-star reviews, we really understand the importance of guest experience. If you're interested in making short-term rentals passive, click the link in the show notes below and someone from our team will contact you soon. Now back to the show. So we have a lot of rookie investors tuning into the show. And as an experienced investor like yourself, what would be your advice for someone just getting started in the short-term rental game? The number one thing I tell anybody, because there's all these doctors that I work with that when they hear what I'm doing are interested, you know, if I had to say one thing that I think is the most important, especially right now, sort of revealing itself is you have to run your numbers basing it as a long-term rental because you always have to have the backup of long-term rental because you never know what the future will bring, right? COVID at the beginning, you know, recession or your town like Dallas right now, the city council is voting to restrict short-term rentals. 
I never would think that. Here's a city that's going to be hosting the World Cup and they're not going to have enough hotels. And we have a few people that are whining about short-term rentals right. that have now made its way to the city council, right? Or you're in an apartment building with an HOA that for five years, they've said, oh yeah, short-term rental, cool, 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 cool. And then that board changes, boom, you're out. Yeah, you can take them to court, you can do all this, but that's going to take time and money. And what are you going to do in the meantime, even if you win? So what I tell people is you got to have a plan that you can still have positive cash flow if you have to go long-term. You know, I went long-term at the beginning of COVID, actually. Our Telluride place got very, uh, everybody wanted, you know, to run to the mountains, right? Leave the city. Colorado, especially Telluride, was very strict with opening it up to tourism for the first year. For better or worse, I went long-term. I made sure that that long-term tenant paid for, I, I, I broke even, basically, right? I mean, I didn't, I didn't really profit, but I broke even. And I think you really should have that in the back of your mind. So depending on, you know, how much you're going to put down and your, your cash flow for your mortgage, I think that's the biggest thing. Because I think right now there's, as you guys know, the, the attention to short-term rentals is boom, especially at the beginning of COVID. And I think a lot of people aren't doing their homework and they're, or they're over, they're extending themselves, they get into arbitrage and they're expanding, expanding, expanding. But if they have one or two bad months, if they don't have any emergency funds, they're hurting. So I think you know, planning for the winter, as they say, and doing long-term analysis is, is the best advice I could give. You know, and, and this is a lot of people are saying this now in different podcasts is when a recession hits like now, the first thing that you can do to uh, bring in better margins is get rid of your co-host or property management company and do it yourself. That's not passive income. That is active. I run all mine myself paying 20, 25%, 30% to someone else, that definitely makes your margins uh, a lot thinner. So that that's something to think about. Could you, I know when times are great, yeah, get a property management company. But if times are bad, and uh, can you drop your management company and do it yourself? And can you do it correctly? That would be a question to ask yourself as well. And then I also think, you know, you need to think of Airbnb as a tool. It's not your business. A lot of people equate Airbnb to short-term rentals now, just like we do Coca-Cola for cola. You know, it's the brand name has become the generic name. And I think that's dangerous. Putting all your eggs in one basket in any kind of business is dangerous. Airbnb is very lucrative until it's not, right? You hear these horror stories, right? Absolutely. They block you. Someone, someone who could maybe totally lied, put fake photos, etc. And you might be vindicated, but how long is that going to take, right? Weeks, months, your listing's on pause, right? So having other channels, even if you don't want to do direct, having at least a second channel is good. Love that. Man, all three, all three amazing points. Love that. And then uh, what does a day in the life look like for Robert Montana? <laughs> uh, I, I'm pretty busy. You know, I, I work full time as, as an emergency medicine doc. Uh, I run a nonprofit in West Africa and Liberia, uh, health and education NGO. I just got back from there. So I'm busy with that. I'm working on this with my co-founder, Bo Williamson, who I've known since junior high in Dallas. Um, I have a stepdaughter in college. So I'm pretty busy. I probably work almost every day in some fashion on one of those three things. This, this John Direct, working in the ER, or uh, my nonprofit. Wow. Yeah. You sound busy. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know what? I really hope John Direct takes off because then maybe I won't have to work so much clinical medicine because I'm sure everybody listening to this has a, a friend or family member who was a first responder, uh, whether it be in or outside the hospital during COVID. And it, it really took a beating on all of us psychologically and just, you know, looking at the future a different way. It, it really took a beating on a lot of people. And I'm not getting any younger. You know, I, I used to, you know, go around the world for disasters, you know, now natural man-made. I've been everywhere from Ebola in Liberia. I was snuck into Syria, Haiti, earthquake, Philippines, India. I mean, you name it. That's sort of a young man's game. Hopefully John Direct will be a pivot for me in, in, a, in a way. Well, man, you are a true hero. So appreciate all, all the things that you're doing. If you could leave the audience with one last gem, it could be about business. It could be about life. It could be about travel. It could be about anything. What would you want to leave the audience? Well, that's a, that's a big question. Well, I think when it when it comes to business or income, I think having more than one stream of income, even if you love your job, just like I did, I never imagined that I'd be sitting here publicly telling people that I'm looking at a way to sort of tamper down emergency medicine. I thought I would be doing this until I was 80. You know, I have a grandfather who was a doctor and he worked to his 80. So for me to be even thinking of this right now and expressing it publicly is, is sort of a big deal. So I think having different streams of income is very important. And also, I think it's it helps your brain, man, because one thing I love about working on this startup, John Direct, is it has absolutely nothing to do with medicine. When you are when you have a career, whether it be medicine, law, whatever, your brain is starting to work the same way over and over, and you're in the same circles of people and colleagues. So having something that's totally different that juxtaposes from that, I think is a way that your brain works better. You know, that's how you need novelty, right? Any, any researcher in neuroscience will say novelty is the key, right? You need to have your brain doing new things to grow more neurons and have and, and to fight off dementia as we get older. And I think having short-term rentals, especially if you've never been in the real estate arena before or the hospitality arena before, is is a great way to sort of use different parts of your brain and meet cool people like you two. I don't think we would have been sitting here today hanging out if if we Very weren't true. in it. So I think, I mean, For it's sure. not just about money, money, money. It's about growth and and longevity. And I think doing different different uh, businesses or, or, or and, and this goes with hobbies too. You don't have to be making money. Like my nonprofit in Africa is, is a perfect example of that. I, I don't pay myself for that, but I, I get an incredible satisfaction with that. And I think also with the short-term rentals, you know, Airbnbs come a long way. And if we go back to its root, it was really about sharing your home with strangers and making that connection. I think a lot of people are just looking at it more as, a business when really it is hospitality and people to people. And I think it's a cool way to meet people, especially people from other cultures. That was part of the reason I always did international medicine was I, I just really enjoyed being dropped in into these disasters. Because the one thing about a disaster, I'll tell you this, everybody asks me what it's like, but you can summarize it very easily. Disasters, big disasters bring out the very best and the very worst of humanity. So you see these extreme ends of the human human condition. And, it, and it's an amazing within 20 minutes time, you can see something horrific and then something incredible. And so I think just expanding your horizons, whether it be in business, hobbies, etc., is the way to go. And I think short term rentals, it has a low barrier of entry. So it's a great way to get your feet wet if, if you're new to being an entrepreneur or having a small business, but you got to have your ducks in a row, you know, make sure you can do long term 
rental. Make sure you get your taxes right. I messed up the taxes and Telluride, and I, I definitely paid for that when I first started out. You know, I didn't go to all these cool podcasts and YouTube channels. Now there's so much information out there. I think I think it's a very a, a very cool thing. That's basically it. Just enjoy it and and learn from it. What's your top three favorite countries? I think Laos. People say Laos, but it, once you go there, you you know you say Laos. <laughs> um, I think that's a beautiful country, beautiful people, and it's just a great place to go, especially if you're on a budget or you want to go to Southeast Asia. You know, everybody thinks Thailand, but Laos is, is an amazing place. The people. I've never been there for a disaster. I was there as a tourist when I was young. I took a year off in medical school and went around the world working in uh, different countries to get more experience with international medicine. And that's cool. And then I did the same with Cuba. I was allowed, luckily, to go into Cuba legally when it wasn't so easy to get into with a program that brought med students. And I spent two months in Santa Clara in the center of Cuba, sort of away from the tourist scene. And that that's a, an amazing country because it's an incredibly poor country. And there's a lot of politics around that, but I won't get into that. Because of their connection with Russia, you have these people going over and getting these PhDs in and, you know, engineering and other things, but they can't find jobs back home. So your cab driver could be someone with one or two PhDs wow. uh, and, and they were just trying to make ends meet. And interestingly enough, and this would be a cool segment for your show, short-term rentals really took off in Cuba. So much so, and I, I don't know this is a fact. This is what I was told when I, uh, later on. It wasn't really big when I was there. This is a long time ago. But what I heard is that so many people were making money from renting out their homes to tourists that they were quitting their jobs. And then the country was having a problem, right? Because it's it's not a free market in a lot of ways uh, jobs are. So they said that if you're a teacher or a doctor, you can't rent your home because they needed you they wow. needed you in the classroom. Wow. In the hospital. Wow, that's crazy. That yeah, crazy. And I don't know if that's actually true, but I'm, I'm sure there's a version of that that's true. But it just showed that capitalism was growing. Now, capitalism was already growing for a while there. You can, But it's just really cool to see that. Like you can go on to Airbnb right now and look at Cuba and there's quite a bit of places and it's bringing in money to people that really need it. And I think that's another cool thing. You saw that with the, what's going on in Ukraine and other things is that there's a lot of ways that when you connect people around some kind of concept or platform, they can help out in, in ways that maybe weren't intended initially. So I'd, I'd say Laos and Cuba also say Argentina, but I'm biased. My mother's from Buenos Aires, but I, I lived there for a year and then I backpacked around the continent of South America uh, for a year. I really like Argentina. Beautiful, man. Where can people find you and how can they sign up for Jaunt Direct? Our website is pretty straightforward to sign up. It's just jauntdirect.com. You know, we, we wanted to do maybe jaunt.com, but that was already taken. So we, we did Jaunt Direct. You know, I, Jaunt means a short trip. So it seemed pretty cool to do. And Direct sort of has two sort of meanings, you know, direct web, direct booking. And uh, we're also hyperlinking, directing you to the, the platforms. Cool. So who knows, maybe someday we'll rebrand ourselves. But right now it's johndirect.com. And it's, it's very straightforward. You just go in, you sign up, and then there's a process for your properties. And it's, and it's pretty straightforward. And if it's not, you can uh, definitely reach out to us on the website. Or, you know, I'm on Facebook. 
I'm of the older generation, so I seem to be more on Facebook than Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I would love for more people to join. And I know a lot of people are a little maybe sketched out because it's free, but we're not really doing anything behind the scenes. We just want to bring people together and let guests have more choice, just like they do in every other aspect of their travel. Awesome. Makes a lot of sense to me. Well, Robert, what a great episode. We really appreciate your time. Excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Okay. Take care, guys. If you're interested in scaling your short-term rental portfolio and networking with like-minded individuals, we host a short-term rental meetup once a month in downtown Orlando. Click our link below in the show notes to register. See you at the next one. JB dropping blue gems. AG dropping blue gems. New podcast, baby, tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems. <laughs>